0: From former players to coaches to the great figures of the NFL, you'll get the inside scoop on what's going down today in football and other sports. Now, here's Daryl and Sam.
1: And welcome to Sports Info and We got Coach Gordon Roberts with us this And A whole lot of sports going on. A lot is happening in college football. Hey, Todd Gurley goes down with a knee injury after coming back thinking he's doing the right thing to support his university. Hey, Robert Griffin. Oh, not Robert Griffin. Just plain old Robert being thrown under the bus by his coach saying, hey, he needs to take care of his own business. Hey, it's a whole lot going on, Coach. What's happening with you?
2: Oh, buddy, I'm I'm excited about the the wrap up of the year. Uh, it looks like Florida State is going to creep into the top four and play for the national championship again.
1: Well, I don't see how in the world Florida State can't play for the national championship. They're the only undefeated team besides Marshall in college football right now. Um, so. I, I can't see how this kid, Jameis Winston, definitely cannot be considered to be um, in this Final Four. He's definitely not going to be in the Heisman um, conversation, but he will. He, he'll definitely. He should be uh, in the top four final teams that play for the championship. Hey, but Coach, let's get right into this Sunday football, the NFL, and on on Thursday night, we saw the Buffalo Bills and the Miami Dolphins go at it. And can we really now say that the Miami Dolphins are for real? They're six and four. Uh they beat the Buffalo Bills at home, took care of business when they should have taken care of business. Uh, you know, Tannehill threw for two hundred and forty yards, two TDs, no interceptions. I think this is a big deal for this uh for this um Miami Dolphins team.
2: Coach, I think they're on the rise, and I think, you know, a lot of people are just Given uh, New England the pass, and that they're going to definitely be the representatives out of there. But I think uh, I think New England, you know, they're not going to be able to run the ball with uh, a backup running back against everybody and continue to win. So Miami, they better worry about Miami. Miami, like you said, are six and four, and Tannehill and them, they can play some defense too.
1: <clears throat> I-, I would agree with you. I would. Agree. This is not a team to. Um... To take lightly, by no means. And um, I I, I really think that this team is on the rise and I I think we're going to see some um, I've always liked Tannehill. I thought he was a productive quarterback uh, in the NFL for a while now, uh, since he's come into the league. And you got to realize this kid played uh, wide receiver up until his sophomore year at um, Texas A&M. So I, I think he's he's on the on the rise. I think his stock is rising, and I think this kid is um he, he's going to be a quarterback in this league for a while, a good one, not just a quarterback. I think he's going to be a good quarterback uh, for a while um, in this league. But coach the Vikings, uh, I, you know when if you look at the games and the highlights from this game. Teddy Bridgewater threw a, a, a. It wasn't a hail mary. It was a. It was a last chance pass for a touchdown, where the receiver really never saw the ball, so he never really went up for it. And uh, I, I can't remember whether it ended up as an interception or an incomplete pass, but it was just not a good effort uh, by the wide receiver. And I think this kid Bridgewater has 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 shown that he's he's definitely the best quarterback in this year's crop of quarterbacks that came into the nfl but to see the bears finally come around and Jake cutler win a game and mark Tresman get a little bit of that heat off of him i think that was a good thing for the bears and uh, and they're not going anywhere fast at a, at a record of six and four the vikings lose to the bears uh 13 21 and they had have the same record of
2: six and four no four and six okay. four four and six excuse me well, coach, I don't think the Bears are going to help themselves enough to get into the hunt uh because I don't think they can close on Green Bay and uh Detroit. But Detroit found out that uh uh they weren't going to be able to just show up and win. So I think that uh it's going to be interesting down the down the run to see if uh Green Bay and Detroit uh have any pressure from anybody else. I don't think it'll be I don't think it'll be uh, Chicago. I think I think the, the the noise around the league is that Cutler's finishing up uh, this year and that somebody may pick him up, but they're not sure. You know, and this is what we've been talking about in the past. You know,
1: who's going to be able to step up and um, and take the place of some of these quarterbacks that are aging out of the league? Not that not that Jay Cutler is an is a old old quarterback, but he has been around and um and he's 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 suffered some knee knee injuries and some injuries as well. But one of the quarterbacks that I think that we could almost say um uh, is gonna step up and, and be one of these replace replacement quarterbacks that we're gonna be losing out of this league is this kid uh Ryan Mallet. Um he started his first game for the Texans yesterday and they beat the Browns twenty
2: three to seven. Yeah. And Coach, I'm going to tell you what, he looked pretty strong. Well, you know, he, he threw for
1: 211 yards, 20 of 30, 211 yards, a quarterback rating of 95.3 um that's, that's not a bad rating for your first out as a start on your on a fresh new team. And the Texans really needed a quarterback. They need a quarterback, somebody to get the ball downfield. And, um, you know, Andre Johnson, he's not getting any younger. And this kid, Malik, can, um he
2: can sling the ball. Well, Coach, they can always throw it to Watts. <laughs>
1: hey, and and what did you think about that yesterday? How do you how do you think a tight end on that team feels when he sees a defensive lineman
2: out there catching passes at his position? Coach, they better think about saying it under their breath. I don't think I'd want the boy mad at me.
1: I don't think I'd want him mad at me either. But as a coach, how do you feel about putting your star defensive player in a position like that?
3: Well, I think,
2: I think what happens, coach, is you're just trying to find some formula to win, and uh, and 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 that shows everybody on the team that there's nobody on the team that you won't use to get that win, and uh, I, I think it's I think it's a morale builder. I don't think it's a distractor.
1: Do you think the risk? Outweigh the reward in this situation because you know here's a here is your star defensive player and now you got him out at tight end you know if he goes out there and 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 twists an ankle or in some kind of way uh, hurts himself you know it, you're going to be looked at upon like what are you what what in the world are you thinking having your best player all pro defensive what possibly the uh, NFL defensive player of the year. Playing wide receiver in a, in a, you know, he wasn't that tight end. He was that wide receiver because he was the only one. It, it was no one. It was no one between him and the and the out of bounds line. He was yeah.
2: playing wide receiver. And so I, think, I think. what happens is, uh, you know, uh, does he have a better chance of getting hurt being double teamed inside as a a defensive player when they got a tackle? and being chipped on by a guard or a, uh, a tight end. I, I don't think it's an injury issue. I think it's an energy issue. And uh, I, I think the kid wants uh, all the reps he can get, no matter how he can help his team. I think it's just a good thing. I'm not. I'm not in favor of it at all, and
1: um, and I don't think it's a good thing. I I really think that um, you know if he's a defensive specialist, let's keep him at, as a defensive specialist. I never wanted my number one running back to be a punter, because I thought it was too risky for him to be a punter. You know because I I feel like that's not a natural position for a person like that, and that's when we have a tendency to um to to get hurt. Um, so. I'm I'm not in favor of it, and I I hope they uh, put that in the in the bag right away, and don't don't use this as another gimmick because I'd hate to see J J. Watt, one of the best players in the league, to um, to sprain an ankle or a knee or whatever on a position where we have players that practice that position every week, all day long. I just I don't like yeah. it. But, hey, Coach, the Seahawks lost to the Chiefs yesterday, and I think the bigger underlying story in this game has to be Marshawn Lynch not going into the locker room at halftime. You know, I've seen this happen in high school where a high school coach will keep his team out on the field for halftime, but never have I ever seen it in any other um, level of football where a player or a team stays out for halftime. And it was 20 degrees in, in Kansas City.
2: Well, you know, they interviewed the guy late. He wasn't around for the interview at the end of the game. You know, the week before, Coach, he he scored four touchdowns. And I think the guy is just sitting out there saying, hey, look, you know, you use me at the end of the game if you need me, but you don't give me just regular reps. And so I think that uh, Pete is saying that uh, I'm the head coach and I'm going to do whatever I want to do. And that's kind of what Lynch said. Lynch said that uh, Pete's my head coach, and, well, I mean, you know, he's really not in my position meetings, and it's not like we get to uh, chop it out like that. He he said he didn't go into the locker room during halftime staying on the field because he was tired. He said he thought he would do better by staying out. And uh so, anyway, uh, he told the NFL he would stay on the bench because he couldn't walk due to fatigue. I don't know. You know, he, Coach, uh, he rushed the ball another eleven times in the second half,
1: and he rushed and he rushed about uh, twenty four times for one hundred and twenty four yards. And um, you know, we we know he is a beast. He's beast mode all the time. But I think this is a. a, a I think this is a little statement he's making because this is a contract year. Seattle Seahawks have not come out and offered him a new contract. And if they haven't offered him a new contract by now, they're basically saying, we're not going to give you a new contract. And when you're playing right now without a new contract, it's almost like you're you're playing at your own risk. You know, because Four when – and, and, and here's three. a guy that plays only
2: one speed. That's full speed all the time. And, Coach? Everybody in the league knows that Seattle drops way down when he's not in beast mode or he's not rushing the ball. Uh, I think they've shown that Russell's a, an oncoming quarterback, but they've already shown that they can lose uh, a lot of games. Uh, and so I think it's, uh, you know, they're not even sure they're going to make it in the playoffs. And yesterday
1: they lost, you know, uh, 20 to 24. Um, the Chiefs beat them. And, you know, you have to, have to give credit where credit is due. And Jamal Charles is one heck of a running back. 20 rushes, 159 yards, two TDs. Um, he's, he's a fantasy dream player. And, and Alex Smith is doing what he's always done. He's, he's managing the game, 11, 11 of 16 for 108 yards. That's not a whole lot, but that's what he does. Coach, you don't have to have a whole lot if you got a lot of help from your running back. You're right. You're right, and you know uh, Jamal Charles. He's he's also a very good receiver out of the backfield. And I would have to agree with you, Coach. Uh, we look at these two teams, and um, the Chiefs are on the rise. And I, I would have to say that uh, the Seahawks seem to not have not they've not found their groove this season thus far. Um, if, if it wasn't the person Harvin. Um, being traded, the uh, the Russell Wilson he's not black enough for the locker room. Marshawn Lynch he's he has in contract talks. It's just not a not a very cohesive locker room um, this year for the Seahawks. And hey, we all know it doesn't take much to upset a locker room, and if you got a locker room that's not all there together. You're definitely not going to have a championship team.
2: No, coach, and and you and I both know from doing it for a living that if you're if you're uh, if your locker room goes sour on you, that's the, one of the hardest things to get back ever as a coach. You can do a lot of things, but it doesn't always get you back. And and so you're thinking, you know, they get rid of Percy Harvin. The best running back in the league as far as uh, getting it done for you is unhappy. And, uh, and this young quarterback, can he pull you along and, and carry this team on his back? And it's showing he can't. I would have to agree with you coach, you know,
1: but, um, when we move on to the Falcons and the Panthers, what a very interesting game yesterday. Um, <laughs> matter of fact, I watched the, uh, the Falcons owner, the home Depot King. He came down to the field late in the game when the Falcons looked like they were about to lose. And I felt pretty bad for the guy, Mike Smith. I thought he was going to lose his job, um, yesterday. And, um, some kind of way the the um the Panth- the Panthers kicker could not make a late field goal in this game and it, it it really just it really just disappoints you to see this kid Cam Newton give it all he has and have not a lot of talent on his team and really have them in positions to win and and just couldn't do it, couldn't pull it through um.
2: Well cuz you know the thing about it is the Falcons are in first place because they're in the sorriest division in pro football, you know, the saints couldn't get it done. And so they fall tied with them and they lost head to head. So they're both four and six and, uh, poor old cam uh, has been carrying that team all he can. When they lost his best receiver, he's got a rookie receiver. That's had a pretty good rookie year. And I say rookie year, and he doesn't have a great running back because, uh, uh Jonathan Stewart and, uh, Williams have not been franchise type running backs and so uh, it's pretty hard when your quarterbacks having to do all the rushing all the throwing <clears throat> it, you like you said he's the most talent and the only talent they really have it, and, and it shows all
1: the time and um you know the the um The Panthers rushed for 106 yards, but Cam Newton rushed for 30 of those yards by himself. You know, it's this guy is a phenomenal athlete. He's a very accurate passer. He plays with pain. He plays through injury and pain. You know, I really like this kid, and I like this guy. And to see him just not have a lot of talent around him um, to go with his talent. It's just, it's just not a good thing. And I agree. Um, you know, the young man, Kevin Benjamin, he nine catches for 109 yards, but Cam Newton targeted him 13 times, you know, he he is a, a future star, but you know, a rookie just can't step into a uh, step onto a team and, and, um, and be the leader, unless you're Andrew Luck or unless you're in a position like quarterback. So, I, I, you know, I tip my hat to, um, to Cam, and I, I wish him well, and I really hope that um, he could either get out of this team, get away from this team, the Carolina Panthers, or some way, shape, or form, the Carolina Panthers can bring him some talent uh, by, via trade or, or um, maybe somewhere in the draft they can help him get some talent. But something that's changed in Carolina. I agree, Coach.
2: It might be the coach. <laughs>
1: yeah, that doesn't I mean things are going to change as far as um, the players there, you know, and and it might be the coach, you know. Um, he He's probably going to lose his job this year, and, and I'm not so sure he's deserving of, of losing his job because I don't – he's not the general manager of the uh, Carolina Panthers,
2: you know, and he doesn't hold both of those positions. Well, you know, I think somebody's got to take responsibility for the fact that uh, – Smith leaves, and that really hinders uh, Cam's ability. How good could they have been with this rookie and Smith? You know, uh, then you wouldn't have been able to double either one of them very much. Oh, yeah, you're right, Coach. You're right. Because he still has a great tight end. Olsen's a great tight end. And if he had had those three, then I think it would have been a a huge difference in the outcome of a couple of their – you know, like the, the tag game and a game like yesterday.
1: Yeah, and, and coach, I I would agree with you. I think Ron Rivera is he's on the hot seat of um of of this team and this kid and the president of this team, Danny Morrison, um, he he's he's right behind it. You know, I think um I think there's gonna be some changes going on in Carolina, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this guy, Jerry Richardson, he's worth over a billion dollars, the owner and controlling interest of this Carolina Panthers team. I don't think he's going to sit around and and, and watch this team just watch a player of Cam Newton's caliber just falter and not have someone there that's going to coach him, at least be a a focal part of this organization. I don't think Cam has, uh, he is a star. He's a star of everything in in Carolina. And I think if there was someone like, um, like, a, like a Bill Parcell, Bill Parcell would take a lot of this star power away from Cam Newton. And, and not to say that Bill Parcell is the person to, um, to come and coach this team, but I just really think that Bill Parcell or someone of that caliber could come in and maybe take some of the pressure off of Cam Newton. Hey, guys, you're listening to Sports Info UM on the Voice America radio. We'll be right back with more NFL and college football and more sports in general on Sports Info.
3: Your internet flagship station for sports.
0: Voice America Sports.
3: It's time to let the ladies do some sports talking around here. The sports girls take over the Voice America Sports Channel every Monday for The Inside Score. Beth Silverberg, Chin Chin Ong, and Stacey DeBerry are here to showcase the athletes, the coaches, and the foundations that change lives. In addition, we'll have a ton of regular features at a featured guest sports girl every week. You'll hear the stories you need to hear from the people that make the difference. The Inside Score is heard every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern or Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Sports and medicine go hand-in-hand. Are you a real sports fan? That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports.
0: Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Sports Info U.M. with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoun3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show.
1: And welcome back to Sports Info you, UM. Hey, Coach, yesterday the Bengals took care of business in New Orleans. And, um, hey, you know, we talk about these faulting quarterbacks. Some of these guys are getting a little older. Drew Brees, he's another one of those guys. He's not getting any younger, and you have to wonder how how much longer can he play, and and how 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 did the Saints get in this situation of having a record of four and six?
2: Well, coach, they lost a bunch of real close games, and I think uh, defensively they they had kind of righted the ship last year defensively, and now it slipped back on them. Uh, they're just not a great defensive ball club, and they can't make some stops that they have to make if they're going to win games. <clears throat> and and and, and the Cincinnati's not a bad ball
1: club. <clears throat> oh no, and and you know sooner or later we're going to start giving this guy Marvin. Um... Marvin Lewis more credit than he deserves you know we're going to start giving him the credit he deserves because you know here's a, here's another Cincinnati Bengals team this year look like they're going to find a way to make it into the playoffs you know with Andy Dalton you know right now they're 6-3 and, and um they, they could easily
2: uh, win three in a row and be in the playoffs oh I agree and I think that uh because of the league they're in uh I don't know how uh, the Steelers are due tonight, but uh, there's no, you know, the Ravens uh, are kind of questionable. And uh, I think the Ravens and uh, the Steelers both are uh, questionable. And so maybe be winning all again and be in the playoffs. Now, what will they do when they get in the playoffs? I'm not sure, but I think they got a chance of getting there.
1: I, I I would agree with you, Coach. I, I really think they do have a chance to get there. And when we look at this division, the NFC South with Atlanta 4-6, New Orleans 4-6, Carolina 3-7, Tampa Bay um, 2-8, man, Tampa Bay is only a, a two-game winning streak from being in first place in this division. <laughs> you know, you laugh, and I'm telling you, this is the NFL, coach. Tampa Bay's two game winning streak from being in first place in this division. And you know, Lovey Smith got to be telling these guys that.
2: Yeah. Well, the thing about it is, Lovey Smith's a good coach, and I think if they'll give him some time, he'll write that ship. You know, this is his first year there, and uh, uh they've played some pretty good ball. If they Get their quarterback situation under control. I think they could be pretty good.
1: Well, I, i've have uh, always been a fan of Marvin Lewis, and I think he's a good coach. I think he's deserving of everything he's gotten. As a matter of fact, I think he has the longest tenure, maybe behind Bill Belichick, of any coach in the NFL right now. Is, is Marvin Lewis with the, with the Bengals? You know, but hey, coach, the Buccaneers uh, went to Washington and beat Robert Griffin. Down, And, I, I, you know, I told you um, they, they were off last week, but I told you the week before that when they played, he really looked horrible. I mean, the guy looked so bad to he actually looked like he struggled getting up off the ground like he was in pain getting up off the ground. This is one of the games I didn't see much of, and I've tried to find as many highlights as I could, and I, all I really found was a bunch of negative stuff about what Robert Griffin said after the game or even what his coach and as a matter of fact uh, one of the things that his coach said was that uh Robert Griffin
2: needs to take care of his own business yeah coach and I think you know uh everybody pretty much around the league feels like Robert was the reason that uh, uh the old coach got sent down the road and uh I think when you do that, then you kind of set yourself up for, you know, the next guy coming in saying, hey, look, uh, we, you know, we have a, a, you know, we got a kid here that uh, needs to be a team player. I don't think he's well-liked in the locker room. We talked and hit on that earlier, how that can affect your club. And I'm not sure that uh, Robert and them aren't uh, looking around saying, maybe we should think about a different way of going.
1: You know, um, Coach, I know once, once you take away one of your strongest assets of your game or once you lose one of the strongest assets of your game, it, it takes a lot away from your game. And, you know, this came, This guy came into the league as a speed guy. He was a a, a track guy, a hurdler. Um, you know, he even though he played college football, he came into the league as a speed person. Well, he lost a lot of speed with the surgeries and the injuries, and now he's just an average guy. And not to say that he doesn't have a strong arm. I think he does have a strong arm, but I'm not so sure he's strong enough between the years with a strong arm to make a difference right now. Maybe in three years, if he can hang around. And he can realize his limits and, and limitations, I think he could possibly be a, a good quarterback. But as of uh, as of right now, I think he was rushed into a position that he wasn't ready for. I think his talent took him to a level that gave him some um some some insecurities, that gave him some some thoughts of, of being invincible, but we all know. The NFL catches up with you. They designed plays to catch up with you. And the league caught up with him um, faster
2: than he could run from it. Well, uh, you know, he he basically said in his interview, Robert did, that, you know, it was the other guys around him, that Aaron Rodgers and Peyton Manning aren't as good without their locker room. And then that's when Gruden came out and said that he needed to worry about Robert Griffin. Yeah. And uh I mean they had two wins in a row and Griffin didn't start and now he started the last two games and they've lost. And so I think uh that says it all.
1: You know, and and there're going to be questions now. Is he a NFL quarterback? Can he be an NFL quarterback? And I'm not so sure he could answer those questions because I think that the Redskins have really done themselves a disservice in the last two games by not going with Colt McCoy, who had actually won um, the game, I guess, two games ago, three games yeah,
2: ago. Yeah, two games in a row, yeah so, I, in
1: a row. I, I, yeah, so I really think they did themselves a disservice, and, and it's not many times we've ever heard of anyone coming back from a dislocated ankle and being productive at any position in football coach, you know, right. not in that same, not in that same calendar year. So I, I think he rushed himself back because he really thought that he had something to prove or maybe just didn't want to lose what he had already, what he had finally gained that he thought was, was his, the position yeah. of quarterback. And I, and, I, and I think that's a bad decision by coaching management, because if you looked at the statistics, how many people come back from a dislocated ankle and play in that calendar year?
2: Yeah, I don't know. I know this, that he's not the, guy, the player he was his first year.
1: I don't think we could find in any sport that a guy came back from a dislocated ankle. Can you imagine? You look down and you're thinking you're, one of your ankles is straight ahead and the other one is facing to your right or far your far Right. It, they, you just don't come back from those kind of injuries, Coach. Um, you know, when you dislocate something like that, there has to be some kind of tearing of muscles going on, and I just don't see where – like I said, I don't think we can find a sport where a guy comes back from, a, from an ankle, in,
2: ankle injury like that. Well, I'm, um, I'm hoping that they can the – right, you know, I'd like to see the kid make it, but I don't know. Well, coach, the Manning brothers uh, stunk it up this weekend. I'd have to agree with you, coach, and um, you know,
1: and, and Peyton Manning is in desperate need of a uh, of a running attack. You know, I think the, the you know the, the the Broncos lost to the Rams. Wow, I mean, the Rams are four and six, and this is not the the old Rams of Sam Bradford. I think this is a a, a real deal. Um, Jeff Fisher, Ram team that plays some solid defense and will and will run the ball, and and that's what he's always lived on running the ball, playing solid defense. But have we seen a a, a letdown in Peyton Manning or Coach? I I
2: think Peyton I think Peyton has gotten so comfortable with his guys. And when he lost Thomas to the ankle injury early in the game. And then he lost Sanders to the concussion, and then he lost his running back. I think uh, after Ball went out, I think it was all downhill for him then. Yeah. You know, and is
1: this a team that um that have actually spent all of their chips on one guy and not spent money on people around him? You know, because when you look at it, they just really don't – some team, you say, next man up. Well, you just don't see that with this team. Um, they they don't have a lot of next man up, you know, it's, it's either West Welker or, 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 um, Demarius Thomas or Julius Thomas. And,
2: and then, then it's about it after that, you know? Yeah. Well, coach, The thing about it is, you know, they said at the end of the game, they had one tight end left available. Uh, and they had uh, their backup running back, uh, Hill, uh, Hillman, who was already out with an injury into the game. And so they had, uh, you know, just one really good tight end and one good running back. And they were both like third stringers. And so, you know, in Manning, I've, I've been a fan of Manning for years and I think, uh, he'll write that ship. I don't know if Sanders will be out for a concussion next week, but I think he'll work hard and they'll, they'll, they'll find a way to win.
1: You know, I actually picked um, Denver Broncos to go back to the Super Bowl and win this year. But um, I'm I'm just not so sure because I, I really think the weather is going to play a role in the Denver Broncos um, chase to the playoffs. Uh, and it might be a good thing that they don't play at home because Peyton Manning may play better on the road because of the conditions in the weather. <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, I think you're right, Coach. And his brother... I think his brother's gonna lose his coach this year. I think uh, Tom Kaufman will take it in the neck if they lose too many more games. I mean Eli had a chance to win the game at the end, like we interception yeah. in the league and you're not gonna win many games. No, you're you're
1: not, coach. And um I, I really I looked at that game and this is a game that um, that the Giants really had a chance to win late in the game. They had the ball down in the red zone and threw three fade passes, and all three of them were incomplete. And then on the fourth down, Eli Manning throws an interception. And um, this was less than two minutes in this game, and I, I really just, you know, I'm, I'm not so sure Tom Coughlin can come through this one either. I hope he does. And if he can win the last three or four games of the season, he will come through. And uh there'll be another situation where we find Tom Coughlin in a in a driver's seat again with the New York Giants. But hey, Kaepernick, you know, uh Colin Kaepernick has has suffered some criticism of criticism on how he throws the ball. He doesn't throw a a lot of arc on the ball. Um he's he's not a very accurate passer. Um He's, he's not running the ball like he did a couple of years ago. But he, um, he, he continues to find ways to win, and you have to applaud him for that. And the, and the 49ers are 6-4. Um, and four.
2: Well, Coach, I think they've still got some real talent there. I think they still have a good, impressive running game. Uh, I'd like to see Vernon Davis get back up the snuff. But, uh, uh, you know, the Crabtree kid that seems to be coming on, uh, Bolden is still a good option for anybody. Uh, everybody in the league knows he's a tough, hard nosed uh receiver. And so I think they've got a chance to still make a good drive. They've got the, the one guy back off of suspension. And so, you know, they might be getting all the pieces back in place at the right time. You know, um, and, and, in San Francisco, they're
1: going to run the ball. You know, we we all know they're gonna keep a, a strong running attack. Um, they ran for 148 yards, and the Giants they just just could never get any kind of running attack. 65 yards, 3.1 yard per carry. But I think when uh, when Eli Manning is is tossing the ball around 40 times a game, I think that's just not what he's. That's not what he's, that's not his, his, his strength is it's 45 passes a game. Anything over 35 passes, I think you really, you're, in, you're in a struggle now with Eli. That means you don't have a running attack and that means that he's, you're depending on him just a little bit too much.
2: Yeah. And I don't think he has the the talent around him uh, to be able to pull that off. Not this year,
1: not, 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 not this year for sure, but, um, the Raiders coach—they lost yesterday on a, in a game. I really thought they had a chance to win. They lost to the San Diego Chargers. Uh, the Chargers beat them 13 i i I'm 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 still not so so sold, sold on this uh, car kid at quarterback, uh, Phillip Rivers um, looked like he had some struggles yesterday, and um and Ryan Matthews, the running back, you know he's back, but is he really back? I'm not so I'm not sold on this Chargers team. They you know um. You know, some teams, we look at them every once in a while, and we say, are, are they for real or are they, are they fake? And I'm not so sure that this 6-4 record that the Chargers have right now is just for real.
2: Um, I'm just not sold on them. Well, Coach, you know, Gates came out and said that a lot behind the scenes that, uh, that the quarterback, Phillip Rivers, has been playing with some injuries and nobody knew about. And he got banged around a little bit yesterday by Oakland. And I think that's uh, affecting their play and their their ability. But you know, it's you know they're six and four, coach. And in an NFL, if this late in the year, you've got a winning record, uh, you you still got a chance.
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah, you definitely got a chance. But um, coach, yesterday the Eagles just went um, um, the Eagles went to Green Bay and got shellacked. 20 to 53. You know, I mean, Aaron Rodgers looked
2: like that man. I mean, he really looked like that dude. Coach, he could have had six touchdown passes uh, yesterday, just like he did the week before. I I think they're hitting the groove right at the right time. They may be the ones that come out of uh, the NFC. Hey, you're right, Coach. Hey, guys, we'll be right back with
1: more NFL. We're going to finish this NFL up and go right into college football. We'll be right back with more sports info you will after these messages.
0: Your internet flagship station for sports. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel.
3: It's time for a look at sports from behind the lens with Pete D'Alonzo. This show provides an inside focus on what goes on in the sports world that you don't hear about on most sports talk radio shows. There have been a lot of changes in the way sports on television is presented. This includes rules, looks, and attitudes. Pete DeLonzo has a 30-year-plus Emmy Award-winning career working behind the scenes in sports coverage. Now you can get the real story, Behind the Lens, with Pete DeLonzo. Listen Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Sports. Are you ready to talk sports with a passion? Get ready for Cheap Shots with Luther Broughton and Micah Warren. We'll start off with the NFL pretty much always, but the talk moves along from there. We'll talk about the events of the week, opinions from the big names, and predictions of what's to come. Plus, we'll get to hear from you, the ultimate fan. Don't let the name of the show fool you. We're in it for the good stuff. Cheap Shots can be heard live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time or p.m. Pacific on Voice America Sports. Your internet
0: flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Sports Info U.M. with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoum3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show.
1: And welcome back to Sports Info U.M. Hey, Coach, yesterday the Lions lost to the Cardinals in a very close game. Um, the Cardinals beat them fourteen six. Hey, I, I, I'm I'm about to be become a real believer of this Cardinals team. I know the Super Bowls played in Arizona this year, and and I know they would love to be playing in the
2: Super Bowl in their home stadium. Oh, well, coach, you mentioned earlier off the air about how how that was so important to uh, the U back in the day when they played for the first national championship. I think home field advantage for the Super Bowl would be pretty nice, pretty sweet. Yeah, you
1: know, um I was talking about that earlier. University of Miami won its very first national championship. They had a special on ESPN last night on two points, one championship, uh, where I saw some of my former teammates, and it brought back a lot of memories from that game. And I don't think we would have got off. University of Miami probably never would have been what it is today if we hadn't had that home field advantage playing our first championship in Miami, in the Orange Bowl in the fiftieth anniversary of the Orange Bowl, which made it even more special, but hey, the Cardinals could be playing the New England Patriots, and the Patriots looked very good last night they beat, um, they beat the the, the the heck out of the coach yesterday um, forty two to twenty and you know this game um, the score didn 't really um, indicate how well the the coach played in this game. I think the coach played a, a very good game at one point um. At halftime, the score was 14-10, um, you know, at, at,
2: at Coach, one point. I think, and I think without a good running game, uh, Luck just can't carry him. I think they've got to have a good running game, and now that they've lost Bradshaw, I don't know uh, if that's going to happen.
1: And and really, Coach, um, Trent Richardson, he, has he just turned into a, a real bust in this league, or
2: or is I he going to so. ever be become a, a, a decent running back? I don't think it's going to happen, Coach. He doesn't he look like he's running with a lot of passion to me.
1: And and, and really, he has no feet at all. I mean, his, his feet look heavy. And you just can't have heavy feet as a running back. And you've got to be able to pick him up and put him
2: down quickly. Well, I uh, I agree. I think, uh, I, think, I think what you've said, though, earlier, uh, to me, it looks like New England, maybe against the Cardinals in the Super Bowl. And coach, um, Trent Richardson
1: really has seven rushes for zero yards. Yeah. Now that's just bad. And as long as Rush was for two yards. So he had some rushes for minus yards. You know, had a lot of rushes for minus yards. I mean, you just cannot. They could pick up anybody off the street and they could do much better than this. You know, they could do twice as good. Good gracious. They could have seven rushes for seven yards. Yeah. Yeah, I mean this 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 is re- ridiculous, and um, and he's stealing money from the NFL. That is for sure. Someone needs to talk to that young man about stealing like that.
2: Hey, yeah, Coach, I think he'll still be not backing up to get his check. <laughs> hey, but Coach, let's let's lead this slow. Let's go right into this college
1: football I'm talking about stealing. You ever heard of this comedian Kevin Hart? He's on this show Housewives of, uh, no, um, uh, House Husbands of whatever, Hollywood, and he does. He's a, he's a movie star, Kevin Hart. Anyway, he met with um, Jameis Winston on, um, and uh, I saw this on TMZ where he met with Jameis Winston and a bunch of his teammates or something. He told told Jameis Winston, hey, you need to stop doing all of that stupid SHIT that you're doing, man. And then he tells him, say, hey, I, I, um, he said, I bought some crabs here. I wonder if you were going to steal them from me. And, man, he was cracking on this guy pretty hard. But through all of this stuff, Coach, all of this,
2: this kid continues to win. I don't get it. I agree. I agree. And, you know, uh, the the selection committee doesn't have them first, but both the coaches poll and the Associated Press have Florida State number one, Alabama number two, Oregon number three, and Mississippi State number four. And so uh, will it turn out that way at the end? I'm not sure, but that's how they're ranking it uh, right now in, uh, uh, you know, the USA still has them number one. And, of course, like I said, the selection committee has them number three. But I don't uh, understand
1: how the selection committee could have
2: them number three when this is the only undefeated team in the top 25 besides Marshall. Oh, I agree. It's you know, because – They've struggled with some games, Coach, but to me, that's the quality of a champion is no matter how much you're down at half or in the fourth quarter, you find a way to win. I think that's what it's all about, being a champion. I I would agree totally, Coach, and um, I I think they're
1: deserving of the number one spot, and I I really think that through all of this stuff, Florida State is going to be the only undefeated team
2: at the end of the season. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, I think they'll beat, uh, Florida who fired their coach this week or today. And, uh, I think that they'll win whoever they play in the, uh, ACC championship game. And so they'll go in, uh, with, uh, close to 30 straight wins. And, uh, that's awful impressive to me. You know, coach, um, uh, the AP poll has
1: Alabama at at number two, and I'm not I'm not so sure they're deserving of the number two spot. But when you look at it and you look at the at their opponents and the, and the people that they've played, you have to you have to say yeah. You know I mean this is this is not this is not the weak sisters that Alabama's played. I mean they they they've played some formidable opponents.
2: Well, Coach, what'll be so crazy is what'll happen is, I think, when they play uh, in the Iron Bowl against Auburn, Auburn is is finding ways to lose this year, but I think what'll happen is they'll bring their A game, and if uh, Alabama doesn't bring their A game, it'll be one of those scary games for them, you know, like the LSU game. You know, LSU had them on the rocks and let them off, uh, but... uh, It'll be interesting. If Alabama wins out, coach, I think Alabama's deserving of being in the top four. And you never can tell. They could get uh they've got that defense that could make it hard on Winston or anybody to win. You know, Oregon
1: is holding on that number three spot and um, I, I I think they have a chance to possibly um to move up a little bit, actually.
2: Well, I'm not sure they're deserving, Coach, myself. I I don't, I don't like their defense. And I think that uh, that's what happens uh, when you get down to the end. It's the, who has the best defense. Uh, I think it's being understated. You know, like, like uh, you know, I know it hurts your heart to talk about it, but I think Miami came out with the right mindset against Florida State. They were aggressive in that first half, and it showed. And then in the second half, it looked like they were just trying to hold on to the lead. And <laughs> so that kind of let them gave them a chance to get back in the game. <clears throat> and I don't think you can do that against a team like Florida State. No, you can't do that against a team like Florida State. You
1: know, um, I'll never forget that Jimmy John used to always say it. He used to preach it. When you get them down, pour it on. You know, don't yeah. lighten up, tighten up. You know, and when you get it down, when you get them down, Pour it on. And I, I'd have to agree with you 100%, Coach. We had Florida State down, and we thought we could just race them to the finish line. And you, you can't race a team to the finish line. You got to beat them to the finish line. You know, but, Coach, uh, TCU is holding down a number four spot, and I'm not so sure if they're going to be holding that spot down for long.
0: I don't either. and They played and, and Texas
2: it, this week. And, Coach, you know, Mississippi State, Uh, I think has a place uh, in there. I think maybe because they didn't lose a game until this past week and they beat uh, some pretty good teams along the way. And I'm going to tell you something, coach, Uh, mark my word that Charlie strong has Texas turned around. I don't know if he'll beat TCU this year, but I wouldn't want to be hope and looking at my schedule and seeing how uh, Texas was on my schedule because I got a feeling this is uh, Charlie Strong came out and said this will be the last year you'll see them with with five losses. Wow! I'm not sure that, that's, that was a bold words from from um, from Coach Charlie Strong. And Coach, you know, four this... he he was when they were two and four. He said, "Hey, the best is in front of us." That's saying it, Coach. That's really believing in your kids and believing in your fellow coaches. When they were two and four, Charlie Strong. At his interview, he said our best football's in front of us, and they had some pretty tough games coming up, and uh, and they proved that uh, he was right. Now they're, you know, uh, they're at the point where their next win gets them in a bowl, and uh, or maybe they've already gotten six wins. Well, yeah, they're six already- and
1: five right now. They already they're they're bowl eligible. And, and they, beat, they beat Oklahoma State over the weekend 28-7. And, uh, and I really think this is, this is definitely going to be a big test for TCU this week um, against Texas. Uh, this might be the toughest opponent they've played all season besides Baylor.
2: Yeah, I agree. And I think that, uh, uh, that if they're not real careful, the Horn Frogs will find out that uh, that's going to be a test they can't overcome. And that's a Thanksgiving game. Yeah, and
1: um, this game, the the TC, TCU they they barely beat Kansas over the weekend, and Kansas um, is sporting a record of three and seven. And this final score in that game was was thirty four thirty. This was not a, a a cakewalk for them, nor was this a, a a heavyweight opponent that they played against either.
2: Yeah, and I think that uh, of all the shifts and changes that. Uh, Charlie and the people at Texas have had to go through. They've really solidified that ship, and they're playing really good football. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. and and uh, you know, I I always refer back to um, my main man Urban Meyer. You know, Urban Meyer really messed that job up for Charlie Strong. Urban Meyer came out and and and, and said he was sick, and if he hadn't, if he if he had said he had, if he had said he was sick sick three months earlier. Charlie Strong would be the University of Florida's football coach, and they would not be going through what they're going through right now. He would have never went to Louisville. He would have stayed in Gainesville where he loved it, where he was happy, and I think he would have been a very good football coach for that program. But right now, Will Muschamp has, has, has resigned, and they, they said he could stay on and coach for the next two games because they're definitely not going to a bowl game. Um, how do you oh, feel about that I, coach when a coach gets fired? Should he be able to stay on and coach the rest of the season or should we put an I interim coach in there?
2: It always, Coach, to me, you know, you know, you get in, you do that early. I understand why the college does it. They do it early so that they can kind of get a line on new the coaches before the end of the season. The coach, I don't think there's a lot of – Bob Stoops has come out and said he doesn't want to talk to him. Uh, the guy at Ole Miss – uh, Preach says he doesn't want to talk to him. I'm really surprised as uh, the guy at Mississippi State has said he's not interested in talking to Florida. So in the old days when Florida would seem to be such a big plum, I'm not sure it is anymore. I'm not so sure it is. is it's one of the um, big
1: market jobs right now. Um, but I really think they're going to get a big-name coach to come in at this time. It will not be a, a – a no name like um uh, like must it'll be somebody that has some coaching coaching experience and some some real college pedigree i don't think we're going to find somebody that that that's just not going to have a name behind them i don't know who it's going to be but um it'll be somebody that we we recognize it'll be a name that we recognize and don't be surprised it it might be um um um, um, um kippen you know at, at alabama their offense coordinator maybe
2: he'll take you know cuz he's known to jump jobs now Coach I hope that I hope you're wrong about that one. Now I've heard kind of that red uh, Rodriguez uh would love the job. And, and he'll and take it okay. in a heartbeat. He's known to jump jobs. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And uh, he jumped right into Michigan and jumped right West back Virginia, out.
1: Michigan, Arizona, come on. Those are three jobs in the last 10 years from here, He's known to jump jobs, Coach. So it'll be somebody, it'll be a name that we recognize right away. And and uh, I think the Gators are doing themselves a, um, a favor getting rid of Muschamp. He's one of these guys that, you know, just because you're loud, that doesn't mean we're paying attention to what you're saying. <laughs> that doesn't always work, Coach. Right, yeah, just because you're yelling and spitting don't mean we're paying attention to what you're saying. Hey, guys, it's been fun. It's been another great week of Sports Info UM. And, Coach, you got the last 30
2: seconds. Give it. Coach, I'm looking forward to seeing how this college thing uh, narrows down. I'm loving to see if uh, the Cardinals can pull it off and knock off uh, Seattle Seahawks again this week. So I'm just looking forward to this coming week. Having a great time. Oh, yeah.
1: It's It's going to be a great week. And, um, Coach, I, I tell you, I've, I'm pulling for this kid, Jameis Winston. Um, the only time I didn't pull for him this season was uh, over the weekend when he played my beloved University of Miami Hurricanes and beat us. But I, I'm really pulling for this kid because – uh, he, he's, he has an uphill battle, and somebody has to pull for him. Might as well be me. Hey, guys, you've been listening to Sports Info U.M. on the Voice America Radio. We'll be back next week with more sports information.
0: Thanks again for listening. Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword will be back again next Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel for more Sports Info U.M. We'll see you then.